welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the 2015 Christmas Day service, entitled, What the Birth of Christ Means to a Lost and Dying World, and the Bible reading is taken from Luke, chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And uh, if you haven't got a Bible with you, there should be some uh, on the back table there for anyone, anyone who would like one. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning. And uh, we're going to think upon what Christ's birth means to a lost and a dying world. You know, as we look around us, we can see that we are living in a lost and a dying world. We're going to see this morning what the birth of Jesus Christ means to us. And um, let's just start in verse 25 of our reading. Shall we uh, stand for the reading of God's word? Verse 25, chapter 2. And um, it says that, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Verse 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy soul, thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Dear Lord, we thank you for the word of God this morning. We pray that you'd speak to us through this passage of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, what the birth of Christ means to a lost and a dying world. And, um, you know, the birth of Christ into this world, it means many things to many different people. Um, I gave a st- statistic the other day of um, a census that had been taken about Christmas. Um, and it was shown that 51% of people say that Jesus is irrelevant for their Christmas. And, you know, I can believe that. You know, when I turn on the radio and, and, I, and I listen, you know, 99% of the time where they talk about Christmas, they do. They're talking about it all the time. They're talking about um, what they're going to do on Christmas Day. They're talking about uh, what presents that they're going to buy. Um, they're talking what, you know... Um, what you what what you're going to do on Christmas Day is your family coming? Uh, you're going to have a nice meal. All these things are being spoken about about Christmas. But this census said that 51% of people—that's over 
that's one in two, just over, one in two people in the UK say that Jesus is irrelevant to their, Christ, to their Christmas. Wow. Um, I wonder what does his coming into this world mean for you this morning? What did the birth of Christ mean to Simeon, the person that we're reading about here in the Bible this morning? Um, well, let's just have a look at what the birth of Christ meant to Simeon, um, who was in Jerusalem. And we see in verse 35 that Simeon was waiting for something. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, whose, sorry, whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. And then it says, Waiting for the consolation of Israel. What does that word consolation mean? Anybody know? Second best, okay. Any other guesses? Any other? What does consolation mean? Help, yeah. Comfort, okay. All right. This is what the dictionary says about the word consolation. It means the bringing of comfort, the bringing of hope, the alleviation of misery. And we see here in verse 25 that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for Israel's hope. He was waiting for somebody to come to that nation and to bring some good news, to bring some hope and some comfort for his people. And when Simeon's eyes, we see in verse 30, it says, Simeon says, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And when Simeon's eyes here, when he was in the temple, when his eyes saw Jesus, he saw that there was hope for Israel. But also he saw that there was hope for this lost and this dying world. We know that because if we look down into verse 32, he says that Jesus would be a light to lighten the Gentiles. If you're not a Jewish person in here this morning... You are a Gentile. Okay? He says, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. So we see here that for Simeon, the birth of Christ into this world meant hope. Hope. There doesn't seem to be much hope around us there today in the world as we look around. You know, in Simeon's day, Israel were living under foreign rule. But they were also living in spiritual apostasy. We know that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he said in Matthew 23 in verse 3. And he was speaking these words about the rulers of his day, the religious rulers. And he said that all, he was speaking to his disciples, he says that all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Okay, so we're saying that what these religious people are saying that you are actually to do what they're saying. But then Jesus says, But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. And we see here that these religious people were hypocrites. They said one thing with their mouths, but they did another thing with their lives. And Jesus is saying, Observe what they do, but don't do what they say. Uh, sorry, what don't do um, as they do. I wonder this morning, can that be said of us as Christians? That we 
say and we do not do. You know, it's so easy to say that I believe in Jesus Christ and that I'm a Christian. But do we do what he says to do in our lives? Only you can answer that for yourselves and I can answer that for myself. You know, in verse 25, we read that Simeon, he was a man of justice and devotion. Let's just have a read again. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And it says, And the same man was just and devout. This was a man who loved justice and devotion to God. Oh, how Simeon must have longed for justice and for devotion to God in his land, in his day. You know, that's what our land needs today. How far we have departed from devotion to God in our land. How far we've departed from God's laws in this land. You know that repentance, turning around back to God, is our nation's only hope. And it starts here in the house of God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that judgment starts here in the house of God. The Bible says that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I wonder, will that be the message of hope that the Queen will be bringing this afternoon when she brings her message to the nation? You know, the only hope that this nation has, the only hope that we have as a people, is the same hope that Sim Simeon saw when he was in the temple, when he was looking at Jesus Christ. He is the hope of Israel, but he is the hope for this world and is the hope for you this morning. I wonder this morning, what hope is there for our nation? What hope is there for you and for me in this lost and this dying world this morning? Well, I believe that we can see three types of hope in our reading this morning. And the first one, I believe that we can see in verse 30, which Simeon saw. He says, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And the first hope that Simeon saw here was salvation. The hope of salvation. You know, the Jews, they had this hope that a redeemer would come, a deliverer to their land, and that he would deliver their people from sin and from the bondage of other nations ruling over them. And Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of their hope. Many prophecies in the Old Testament, many prophecies that we were singing the other night when we were at the Symphony Hall and we were listening to Handel's Messiah being sung. You know, if you listen to many of those songs that have been sung, they are songs waiting for the hope of Israel, waiting for that deliverer to come and to deliver his people. And we see here that, si that Simeon's hope was a hope of salvation. And you know that when Simeon saw the Lord Jesus Christ in his temple, he says, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon had seen the salvation of his people. Let me just turn to Matthew chapter 1, because Simeon knew that in the Hebrew language, the name of Jesus means salvation. We can see that in verse 20, 21, Matthew chapter 1, 
And um, here the angel um, appeared to Joseph. And in verse 21 we read, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And then we have the interpretation of his name. For he shall save his people from their sins. And you know that every time you read the name of Jesus in the Bible, it means salvation. If you had a Hebrew Bible here this morning, every time you read the name of Yeshua, that's his Hebrew name. In the Old Testament, you are reading about salvation. You are reading about Israel's hope, the one who is to come and to save his people and to bring uh, redemption to his people. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. We were thinking about that scripture, weren't we, on Sunday? Christ came into this world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am chief. What is sin this morning? Well, the Bible says that sin is the breaking of God's commandments, his laws. And the Bible says that each and every one of us have done it. We're all sinners. And the Bible says that there's coming a day where we will have to give an account of our lives to God. And who is able to stand before a holy God with sin? Nobody. And that's why it took a deliverer who was free of sin to come and to die on a cross, to shed his precious blood so that we could have forgiveness of sins. That's why Christ came. He came into this world to save sinners. That's wonderful news this morning. You know, this morning, if you're not a Christian, the Bible says that you are in this world without any hope. Let me just turn you to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And you know, it's not a nice thing to, to not have hope. You know, we need hope. We need it. Hope secures the soul. And we need hope in this world. And we read that at that time, and he's, Paul here is speaking about those who were Christians, but before they became Christians, it says that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And then he says, having no hope and without God in the world. And you see, that describes a person here this morning. A person without God is without hope because God is our hope. Jesus is the hope that this world needs and that you need here this morning. He's the only one that can save us from our sins. I wonder, is that you here this morning? You may have heard about Jesus Christ many times but I wonder this morning, have you heard that Christ came into this world to save you from your sins? That's why he came. If it is you this morning, why not put your hope in God's Savior today? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today. Not only did Simeon have the hope of salvation, but we see, secondly, that he had the hope of peace. Let's just turn to verse 26. We've got three verses here that we can see Simeon's hope of peace. Verse 26 says, And it was revealed unto him, to Simeon, by the Holy Ghost, 
that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 29. Simeon said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And we see here in verse 29 that Simeon had the hope of peace. He says, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. What's he saying there? Well, he's basically saying that when he held the Lord Jesus Christ up in the temple in verse 30, that he had seen the Lord's Christ, that he had seen the hope of Israel. He had seen God's salvation for his people and for the world. And we know from this verse in verse 26 that Simeon had peace and he was ready to depart. It means that he was ready to die and to meet his God because he, his eyes had already seen God's salvation. And that brought peace to his soul. Isn't it the same when we become Christians? You remember the peace that you received in your soul once you knew that your sins had been forgiven and that God had become your saviour and that your eternal future was secure in him. You know, the Apostle Paul had that peace. He said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8, he says, we are confident. And he says, I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And we see that Simeon was ready to depart. He had that peace in his soul that he was ready, he was prepared to meet his maker. And he was ready to die, he was ready to go from this life. You know, when I wrote this, um, this leaflet in 2007, I don't know if you've ever read it, but I, I wrote something um, in the leaflet and I wrote that when I pass from this earthly life, I will be with my Savior Jesus for all eternity. What a joy and what a peace he gives. And you know, when Christ saved me, he gave me peace. And I knew that if I died, if I had a ride on my motorbike and I crashed on my motorbike and I died and my life had finished, I knew that my soul was ready to meet with God. And I have that peace today. I'm on the roads most of the day driving, and I know that those roads can be treacherous, but I know I'm at peace. My soul is at peace with God, and I'm ready to depart in peace. And Simeon was the same. When his eyes saw God's salvation in the temple, he was ready. You know, dear friends, that before you see the Lord's salvation with your eyes, you're not ready to depart. You're not. The Bible says that we need to be saved. Our soul needs to be saved. And unless that happens, we're not ready to depart. Once we do depart, there is no turning back. It's the choice that we've already made. Many people are making that choice today. Many people are dying today and they didn't get ready. They weren't prepared and there's no second chance. There's no turning around. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And when Simeon's eyes had seen the Lord's salvation, 
he was prepared. He was ready to depart. What about you here this morning? Is it well with your soul? Are you ready to meet your Savior? Are you ready to meet God? I hope it is this morning. Not only did Simeon have the hope of salvation and the hope of peace, but he secondly had the hope according to the word of God. Let's just read down in verse 29. Simeon said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. And then he says, according to thy word. You know that God spoke to Simeon through his word. He spoke to him through the Holy Spirit. We can see that in um, verse 26, because the Holy Spirit revealed that he wouldn't see death. It says, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We see here that Simeon, Simeon's hope of salvation and peace was according to the word of God. God had spoken to him according to the word. And Simeon was at peace with God. Um, you know why we as Christians lack hope today? Well, the main reason is, is because we don't spend time listening and reading God's word. You know that the Bible says that these scriptures were given to us for a reason. Let's just have a look at two last scriptures this morning. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, according to thy word. And we see here in verse 49, uh, David says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Verse 50, this is my comfort in mine affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. And David here is saying that the hope that he has is in this book. It's in the word of God. In his afflictions, David had hope in the word of God. Let's just turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, our last reading this morning. Romans 15 and verse 4. And here's another reason why we have the scriptures. And Paul says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and, what's the next word? Comfort of the scriptures might have, what's the next word? Hope. That's why these scriptures were given to us, dear Christian. And if you're not a Christian here this morning as well, these scriptures were given to us that we may have hope in this world. I don't know if we'll have the scriptures when we get to heaven, whether we'll be able to read them or not, but we will have the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word. It will have him there, face to face. But you know, while we're living in this lost and dying world, we need hope and we need comfort. And the Bible says that we're to get that from these scriptures. These things were written before for our learning and for our help. I wonder this morning, how much time do you spend reading God's word? I wonder this morning, dear friends, are you in need of hope in your life this Christmas? Are you fearful this morning? 
Is there something that's making you anxious? Is there something that's making you miserable? Well, may you, dear friend, as Simeon did, find hope according to the word of God. It's in this book, and you'll find it. Jesus says, seek me, and you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart. There is hope, dear friend, this morning for the lost, this lost and dying world, but it's only to be found in Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you this morning for the birth of Jesus Christ into this world. Dear Lord, we thank you that we can find hope and comfort just as Simeon did at the birth of Christ coming into this world. Dear Lord, we just pray this morning that if we are one of those people that are fearful and anxious and maybe miserable in our souls, we pray, dear Lord, that we may find our help in Jesus Christ. He is our consolation. He is our comfort. And we pray that this morning that we may find hope in Jesus. Amen. Amen.